0: i feel like this movie is the closest we've gotten yet to seeing matt damon
1: play a superhero you're listening to the story geeks podcast produced by the reclamation society
0: hey everybody welcome to the story geeks podcast i will be your host today daryl smith and with me is one of our returning guests, my good friend Elvis Cieskus. Hey, Elvis. Hey, guys. All right. Is there anything you want to say about yourself? No, I think I think yeah. if they've heard Interstellar it's... and Iron Man, I probably don't have to repeat myself. Anymore. Cool. Well, speaking of Interstellar, we're here today to talk about the prequel to Interstellar. Okay, not exactly, but kind of. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about The Martian. There's so many movies. Where Matt Damon has to be rescued from something. Yes. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. Interstellar, Saving Private Ryan. Yes. Green Zone, Siriana. He just keeps getting himself into these binds. Yeah, I don't don't know. it's,
2: It's kind of funny. I think this one's probably the most... Now, I've only seen Green Zone, and I know we're not talking about Green Zone, but Green Zone and... And same Private Ryan. And I think this is probably the most resourceful one. Yeah. Green Zone's probably a little bit there too. But this one's probably where he's like, he's like, no, no one's coming to rescue me.
0: Green Zone was just so hyper political that yeah. Yeah, I had a hard time was. with it. As, you know, you're kind of, it's <clears throat> Matt Damon and Paul Greengrass. You're kind of hoping it's going to be like a Bourne film, but it's not. There was no Jason Bourne in there. No. It was all politics. So, So he can be Jason Bourne. Yet he just keeps getting himself lost and having (laughs) to get rescued all the time. So, but yes, we're here today to talk about The Martian, um, Ridley Scott's film based on the book by Andy Weir. Um, So we'll talk a little bit about the book, we'll talk about the movie, we'll talk about some of the differences, but first we will start with our spoiler-free ratings section. So no spoilers here, let's keep it clean, keep it safe. Um... So Elvis, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate the quality of the Martian? Um, you know what? I'd probably say Um
2: I was trying to give this one a number, and this is one of those ones where if I'm doing the boring part of my job, I could just have on. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to rate it based on that, but I'd probably give it I'd give it a nine. Um it's, was this
0: on your top 10 sci-fi list?
2: Y- uh, yes it was. It yeah, was, right? I think it was. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is this is up there for me. This is one of my favorite ones. This is one that I can I can uh, uh I can always go back and and rewatch and never, yeah. never 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 get bored.
0: So I guess I guess I would say 10. not 9. I'd retract that. I'd okay, say 10. Well, I didn't I wouldn't mean to make you say guess yourself. No, was... no, no, no. But that's kind of a question with this one, huh? Because like, we're, a, we're a geek podcast, right? Yeah. And some people might argue that this is not a geek film.
2: Right, because when he won an award, he won it for best comedy? Well, Is that what it was? that's
0: just the Golden Globes trying to m- include more movies and right. having a terrible framework and with which to do it.
2: <laughs> and I, thought, every, I think everybody was confused by that. And when, when you read it, he, the character himself is funny. Yeah, you know, given this the situation he's been like w- what he has to deal with. Yeah. He he brings light out of that. Yeah. So I think in that sense it's kind of funny, but I mean on that scale I would give it a 10.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it is a geek film cuz I think it's clearly a sci-fi film. Yeah. Which we've said is part of what we call geek films. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, it's more of a nerd film because it is. There's a lot of math. There's a lot of engineering. There is. There's a lot of problem solving. Yes. Done in a very entertaining way. Right. Um, so for me, quality, I'd probably go nine. I think. I think, and maybe this is more a question for story depth, which we'll get to. But I think I might want have might have wanted to see, his character Mark Watney, get a little bit more philosophical. About maybe what where his hope lies and mm-hmm. what's driving him to try and survive yeah. on Mars. But great movie, beautiful, very uncharacteristic movie for Ridley Scott, I think, especially with what he's doing lately, because everything he's doing is so dark right. and kind of cold. And and this movie has a lot of heart to it. Yeah. And like you said, it's really funny. Yeah. And I don't think Ridley Scott is really known that, for that, that kind yeah. of thing, so... Maybe that speaks more to the source material or just to Matt Damon himself, yeah. which might be the best part of the movie for me. Like brilliant casting. Yeah. How many other actors could like carry the entire film on their own? I guess Tom Hanks did it on a desert island and right. you know, you've yeah. seen it before, but he does a really good job. Yeah. So I go nine. Um. So how about story depth? One to 10, what would you say? Um, I would... I would give it. I would give it a
2: ten. Um, I think there are moments. I I would probably side with you on this, where it it doesn't go as in depth as, say, Interstellar yeah. or or perhaps even other sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. Just because even the book itself was kind of it was pretty quick. Yeah, like it's a span over obviously a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's It's also pretty quick the book, and so it doesn't go fully fully in depth with certain characters except for Mark watney, obviously um but yeah, I would give it a ten. I really enjoyed the story, and it was it was apart from it being a book, it was pretty
0: original mm-hmm so yeah, I think I'd go nine on that one too, probably for the same stuff that I mentioned before, <laughs> just maybe wanting to see a little bit more of his motivation, but um. Great story. A lot of heart. I I like the, uh, you know, the dilemmas involved in do we risk several people in order to save one person, and, you know, just kind of the decisions that the people back at NASA have to go through, and the people on, uh, is it the Hermes? Yeah. The ship that Mm -hmm. has all of his crew. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd go nine. So, I'm guessing your likelihood to refer is going to be up at a ten too. I
2: would, because it's not, again, it's not... um... Like there's there's crazy science and math behind everything that he's doing, um, and behind everything that NASA and JPL is is doing. Um, so there's that aspect of it. Um, but also it's it's got. I mean, you rated it a nine. I'm, I've got it at a ten. So it's got good story. Yeah. And and so there's enough depth in it to not bore you, but to yeah. keep you know to keep you going throughout the movie. I think what's gonna happen to Wani? So.
0: Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I'd go ten on likelihood to refer to just because it's just fun to watch. Yeah, it's just a quality movie that is fun to watch, mm-hmm. which is the perfect combination for yeah. me. Um, all right, well let's let's dive into some spoilery territory here. So, at this point, if you've not seen The Martian, now's a good time to go watch it and then come back and listen to the rest of this. Do it. Um, but as we know, Martian is about astronaut Mark Watney who gets stranded on Mars and has to find a way to survive and communicate with NASA in order to let them know that he's even alive, because they don't know that he's alive. Right. And then when they find out that he's alive, they have to decide what to do with that. Do they go back for him? Do they consider it a lost cause and sacrifice him? So just a quick little plot synopsis there. So this is... Like you said, this is on your top 10. Do you remember where it was on your top 10 sci-fi films?
2: I don't. Hold on. Let me give, give me a second. Let's see if I can find okay. it.
0: We'll sit here in silence. It was
2: number six. <laughs>
0: number six. <laughs> number six. All right. So not top five. No. But at least in the top 10. Mm-hmm. So what is it about this movie that you love so much? Um, I I think
2: well first first of all, I so I read through the book mm-hmm. and the book got me hooked. Um to eventually seeing seen the movie. So I'd seen I'd seen the book like way in advance before anybody had announced that the book was being made. The book it, was
0: really popular. Right. Yeah. So the like, book was really yeah, it yeah. was really
2: popular. So you'd seen that, you know, bestsellers or whatever.
0: I'm not a guy that follows novels very well. It's just kind of not my thing. But I knew about this book I even bought it and started to read it. Yeah, I'm not good at finishing books, so I didn't finish it. But, <laughs> well, but like, like, even I was excited to see this one made into a movie, and and I think I even remember thinking, oh, Matt Damon should play him. But yeah, that's because I think Matt Damon should play almost anybody.
2: <laughs> well, it was it was uh, yeah. So I'd seen it and I, I said, oh, I need to read this book. And then and then the second time I saw it up on the shelf was was like they had announced the the, the trailer for The Martian. Hmm. Um, and then that's when I read it, I said, well, I better read it before it comes out. And so I think it took me a couple of days of just sitting there and reading it. I mean, it, it was, it just, it it was, it was, you, you were hooked after the, you know, the first, second page because it talks about, you know, even in the, even in the book, he's, the character is super funny, yeah. which is, you know, which was done very well by Matt Damon in the movie. Um, super funny, uh, through just this almost it seems just seems impossible like he's going to get off this planet um kind of ordeal yeah uh so that's what hooked me um again the space exploration which is probably the same reason for interstellar um you know just uh going out there but not necessarily um at first you know him thinking like wow this is you know I, I may not make it out of here, yeah. but then getting through that, getting through that, and being able to discover all these little things and, you know, yeah. the conversations he has by himself, um, you know, stating that it's kind of mar- maritime law where there's no, you know, yeah, you, they really don't have. It's not really American. It's not yeah. this country. It's not this country because it doesn't really belong to anybody. Right. So, um, I think that was the, the the main part of it. And what's the line that he says from that, like? He's like, I'm literally... Is it the pirate one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, Okay, here it is. All right, so do you want to just read the whole thing? Yeah, do it. Okay, so this is him. Um, Again, this is when he's realizing that the whole maritime law, and he's kind of talking to the camera about that. And he says, I've been thinking about laws on Mars. There's an international treaty saying that no country can lay claim to anything that's not not on Earth. By another treaty, if you're not in any uh, in any country's territory, maritime law applies. So Mars is international waters. Now NASA is an American non-military organiza- organization; it owns the hab. But the second I walk outside, I'm in international waters. So here's the cool part: I'm about to leave for this. Uh, I'm going to butcher this, um, scaf scafarelli crater, where I'm going to come into the area's six. Uh, Landar, no, nobody explicitly gave me permission to do this, and they, can, they can't until I'm on board the Ares, so I'm going to be taking a craft over in international waters without permission, which, by definition, makes me a pirate. Mark Watney, space pirate.:
0: <laughs> so, 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 so. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, and I, it's that kind of the stuff it's that kind of stuff that I think makes the movie so much fun, because it could be so gloomy and depressing. To just watch this guy deteriorate on Mars and slowly die because all he can eat is poop potatoes, which we'll get to. (laughs) And and, I mean, you do, you you watch him, you watch him get skinny. It just, it could be really, really dark and full of despair. But like you said, it's not like it gets nominated for awards for comedy and stuff (laughs) like that. And it's just really weird. But I think another thing I love about this one is the cast. Like this movie is just full of people that I really like. Oh yeah. Like Matt Damon is probably my favorite actor. But I mean, you've got Chiwetel Ejiofor, you've got Jessica Chastain, yep. Donald Glover who's awesome, uh Jeff Daniels. <clears throat> There's so many people I'm not thinking who's of. That? Sebastian Shaw, the Winter Soldier himself. That's right, That's yeah. That's awesome.
2: Um yeah, I can't remember the other that Latino actor's name. I can't remember his name.
0: Michael Peña. Yeah, Michael Peña's
2: mm-hmm.
0: in it. Um uh something Mara. Kate Mara. Kate Mara's in it. Yeah. Um who I think is good. You know, we've only got movies like The Fantastic 4 and stuff like that to <laughs> judge right. on, but she seems good. That's
2: right. Um and then the 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 Asian guy from uh who was in uh the only thing I recognized him yeah.
0: from was from the IT crowd. B.D. Wong or yeah, that's Wong? Right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, And Kristen Wiig. That's right. Which seems totally strange in this kind of movie, yeah. but yeah. again, that levity they have. She works. Yeah. I think another thing that's fun about this, especially if you are this type of person, but like we talked about, there's a lot of math and there's a lot of engineering involved. And there's a lot of time where he literally talks through the equations of how he's going to accomplish his own survival. Yeah. You know, how long it would take another mission to get to him, how long it takes communication to go back and forth. Yeah. And then you get the same thing at NASA when you have these guys trying to engineer ways to communicate with him and bring him back. So, did you enjoy that kind of stuff? Is that...
2: Yeah, that, that kind was... kind of techie side of things? Is yeah, it, that was neat to see, um, you know, JPL kind of trying to scramble to get things going and then... And then... Uh, I really like to, when, when the um, China's um, version of NASA, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, um, kind of teamed up, but it was all kind of secret so that nobody, you know, but the, the, the idea that the assistant to the president of that organization planted, like, or when, what he realized when he said that um, um, either we could sit back and not do anything and launch ours. Yeah. Or we could be part of something bigger. Totally. And so, the the amount of of people coming together in that movie to bring back Mark Watney, which again brings it back to Saving Private Ryan (laughs) uh, and stuff like that. But the the amount of people that came together to put together to have that done, everything that went into to uh, to Mark's botany because he is the botanist and Mm -hmm. everything. But so that kind of Reminds me of, uh, and I'm going to probably go a little way off tangent here. Um, so, you, um, I have a friend who lives in Orange, and he they have this huge house, like huge backyard. And when they moved in, there they had like olive trees and mm. um, and pomegranate trees and macadamia and nut trees and just everything. And you're know, like, who who lived here? Was a botanist. So like uh. you, you walk you walk in his garage, and there was. Um, uh, this could was, go weird. He, yeah, what, what was in the group? So was he, there was like a bunch of written stuff on the wall, like, like this needed to be this temperature in order to grow properly, or this needed to be done this way. And I'm so, just gonna ask.
0: He wasn't growing pot in his garage, was? No, he was. He? Okay, good. He was not. No, he was a botanist, not a pot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> oh man. But I, I enjoyed all of his, his Mark's ingenuity and, and everything that he kind of put together. And, you know, you he had his moments. I think what I really enjoyed, it's, 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 um, I think with movie, movies like this, they do such a good job with, um, showing the emotion. I mean, cause you see it in other sci fi movies and Interstellar, and mm-hmm. just like, just this, this raw fear sometimes. And so he's, when he's counting through potatoes and he just, that, that, um, that um I don't know what the word is for it, but the 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 tunnel that goes when you exit the half yeah. and through and go out into yeah, actual yeah. Mars. Um, when that blew blew up and it just wrecked everything inside, just torched, inside, whole, just torched everything. And yeah. you see him like counting the potatoes to see how much he has left and the wind just kinda just tearing at that the plastic tarp that he'd put around yeah and him like he like looks at it and kind of just pauses for a moment and then kind of goes back to counting to kind of distract himself it's like man like there's nothing else to distract you but to continue counting potatoes yeah a a situation like that
0: yeah and that's one of the interesting things about the movie too is seeing how he handles that isolation yeah because he does he uses a lot of distraction which maybe be in that kind of a situation, you have to. Because hope might just be that much harder to find. Yeah. Because the chances of somebody coming back to get you are slim. Right. But that's kind of that that tug between hope and distraction. Which in life, when we're going through something tough... I know for me, I tend to lean towards distraction because it's easier, right? Like I'll throw in a movie or I'll read a comic book or listen to music or something like that. But I think that's one of the things that I would have liked to see a little bit more in the movie because at least in my life, I found that distraction doesn't get you very far. It's temporary, right? Right. So you have to find... You have to seek hope and you have to seek truth because that's what's really going to bring comfort. Yeah, I would I would have liked to see him do a little bit more of that. Yeah, um, I don't, do you have a thought on that? So, or I, I mean, I'm so that's the one. As we're
2: talking, I'm trying to look for that, but yeah. um, because last night, as I was right before I shut it off, his uh, he's kind of uh, kind of recording or he's typing something to um, the 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 captain, Jessica Chastain. Yeah, is she captain, or is she? I think so. Yeah, so he's he's typing up a message to her because he thinks that this is it. So it's shortly after the the scene that I just described, Melissa Lewis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so um, it, it's shortly after this. So he's typing something up, and he's sitting kind of on this little this uh, rock or whatever, and just kind of staring out, and you got the whole Mars landscape behind him and in front of it, and he's kind of talking. And if I can find the quote, I'll say it. But I was gonna find another one in in what you were talking about I- isolation. Yeah, uh, because I think they showed it really well. I I think in his field, I think anybody anybody else this would have just been like a routine trip up there. You know, yeah. The, the, the hab was only meant for thirty days. They had enough food for everyone, and then that was it. They're gonna peace out. Yeah, and boom, they're done. And I think anybody else, like he he, in the midst of this, he had the chance to kind of like. Like I'm I'm living on Mars kind yeah. of thing, right? But the isolation. So he has this quote saying, "It's a strange feeling. Everywhere I go, I'm the first step outside the rover. First guy ever to be there. Climb a hill. First guy to climb to climb that hill. Kick a rock. That rock hadn't moved in a million years. I'm the first guy to drive a long distance on Mars. <coughs> the first guy to spend more than thirty one souls on Mars. The first guy to grow crops on Mars. First, first, first. So you know, he was achieving all these marks. You know, yeah. And all these, all these um accolades on Mars because he was
0: he was left. So Which unless he gets home and anybody knows about that is it pointless? <laughs> like, right. Is it enough that he thinks it's cool that he's the one doing those things, or does the weight come from other people learning about it?
2: Um I think I think in the long run I think it would have been beneficial, right? Because you'd have, you you had raw data from somebody who's, a, who's living, a living human being who was yeah. sending back this raw data. on like, hey, this is what I'm doing. And this is how these things are growing. Yeah. Right. And so kind of to prove it, it's like, well, maybe life is possible on Mars yeah. kind of thing. In the short term, it, I don't think it really would have been, I think for, I mean, myself for a little bit, I'd been like, all right, this is cool. And then after that, it's like, <laughs> yeah. You know, either we need to get off of this or this is all kind of pointless. Yeah.
0: And maybe there's an angle where if if he didn't make it back, which he does, but if he didn't make it back and that data made it back, then maybe that that would have been the meaning. You know, he he died for science, you know. Right. But again, is that going to bring him hope? Because he doesn't know that that's ever going to happen. He doesn't know that that data is ever going to make its way back. Yeah. So again, it's just such a bleak situation. <laughs> it, it, it is It's such yeah. a fun movie about such a bleak situation. <laughs> we'll talk a bit about. You said you read the book. Yeah. Talk a bit about the differences between the two. So the the biggest difference here
2: was the uh, was the ending. Really? Um, yeah. So before he even gets to Ares, like they didn't show this in the movie. Um so the and it's it's very subtle. It maybe would have given you a little more like I, I don't know. You don't watch Game of Thrones, do you? No. Okay, never mind then that's not a good analogy. <laughs> um it was it was one of those things where like it's like this is he's gonna make it. This is it. He's almost there, this mm-hmm. is gonna happen, he's gonna do it, he's gonna do it, and then he hits a little like it's like this crevice and the whole rover flips over. Oh. And so you're like, what? and there's like pages left, like, uh-huh. like just a bit amount of pages left. And you're like, you're like, why is it going to happen here? Oh man. And so like that gives you more of like, first, you know, first you have the, the, his, his crops just get, you know, annihilated, just get just torched. And then you get, you get this instance where like, oh crap, this is just the second. Is he going to, what's going to happen? Yeah. Right. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest part. The um, when he finally makes it to the Ares and he launches and everything, that part was just somewhat different, but not different enough to where you're like, you're like, woo, you know, <laughs> you know. So I think it was it was very much on par with um, with uh, with the, with a the movie. You know, I mean, you know, you had the the epilogue. You know, there's a version in the in – the, the so the novel had an epilogue after Watney's Rescue, where it, and it was cut. And he basically says – or the author didn't like it. Mm. So I think that's what – So it was cut from the book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it actually – so it came back in the
0: movie. So I'm just reading here real quick. so So that bit where he's back on Earth – Right. Talking to his students. Right. so that's not showing, in the book. Yeah, that's not in the okay. book. So showing Watney teaching a bunch
2: of students and making quips about farming with his own poop on Mars. <laughs> so, and the Pathfinder. Um, yeah, and then just little things. Like yeah. little Like the rovers, a explosion. Just really small things.
0: So it's a pretty faithful adaptation. It is, yeah. I would say Good. so.
2: And it's actually Commander Melissa Lewis. Commander Melissa if Lewis. If anybody listens to this and is
0: like hey he said Captain Lewis jerk yeah jeez, idiot. is Captain less than Commander I don't know I, I, don't I, know feel, like, I feel like I would want to be Commander because it sounds cool because it
2: sounds cooler yeah even if like Captain was a higher higher rank I think Commander is a higher rank
0: well in Star Trek Captain's higher than Commander right because it's Captain Kirk Captain Kirk Commander Spock Yeah. Right? So we'll just go by that. So what's true in Star Trek is true everywhere
1: else? Yeah. I guess.
0: Sure. Why not? Yeah.
1: Hey guys, pardon my brief interruption here, but do you need a new pair of headphones? If you do, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Urban Vinyl. They make premium wood headphones that look amazing. Here's the thing, they're made by audiophiles for audiophiles, so they sound as good as they look. In fact, reviewers have called their headphones the best headphones on the market, better even than Bose and Beats, and you know what? I agree, they're what I use when I record this podcast. Please consider purchasing a pair, Using the link in the show notes. If you click the link to their website and use the promo code J, my name, my first name, J A Y, super simple. You save 15% and Urban Vinyl will make a donation to the Reclamation Society. So if you need headphones or you're looking to upgrade the pair that you currently have, definitely take a look at what Urban Vinyl has to offer. Click the link in the show notes to visit their website and use my name, J A Y, to get the discount thanks for letting me interrupt now let's get back to the show so the, one of the big
0: the big moral dilemma in this movie if, uh, moral dilemma i don't know but the big dilemma in this movie with nasa and the people back home is once they find out that he's alive and they have confirmation what do they do with that do they use all these resources, all this money, put people's lives at risk to rescue him? Or do they just sort of let it go? So, and obviously in the movie, we see that they rescue him. Yeah. But that's kind of the big dilemma. What, I mean, what would you have done?
2: I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, what, what, what do you... You're pouring additional resources and money into, into something, that, you know... To get back one person. Yeah. You know, so you you leave that that one person behind and and then that's
0: pretty much it. And it depends on the person too. Like this is, I joked at the beginning of the podcast about this being a prequel to Interstellar. Partially just because this is about him getting stranded on a planet. Yeah. (laughs) Which he's stranded on a planet in Interstellar. But also because Matt Damon has a bit of dialogue in Interstellar. That really sort of sums up the moral dilemma of of The Martian. Yeah. Where he talks about, um, you know, doing making sacrifices for the general good versus making sacrifices for your loved ones. Yeah. You know? So there's the difference between the people who... Think of him as an astronaut and think of all the other lives they're putting at risk to save one astronaut. Like, do we risk, yeah. what, four or five other astronauts to save one? Do we spend all this money? Um, and then there's, like, his friends who were like, well, it's Mark. so Right, we have, yeah, to, he we would have would to do, do the this. Same, yeah, he would yeah. do the same thing. You know? He
2: would do the same thing. I'd say I got a quote. Um, and this is actually... Um, so I'm just getting quotes from this. And I don't actually remember this from the movie because I believe it was a deleted scene. So... If you're into that kind of stuff, you might find it in there. Um, but it says every you know, every human being has a basic instinct to help each other out. If a hiker gets lost in the mountains, people will coordinate a search. If a train crashes, people will line up to give blood. If earthquake levels the city, people all over the world will send emergency supplies. This is fundamentally human that it it's found in every culture without exception. Yes, there are buttholes who just don't care, <laughs> but they are massively outnumbered by the people who do <coughs> Um, so I think that's a great point there, and and you know, I think th- to your point, I mean for this for this movie there ha- there were other um, there were other uh, other outcomes to to NASA, you know, pulling all these, you know, doing everything they possibly can to do that. So it you know it had the world came together yeah a to unified, unified people unified yeah. people to bring this man the one this one man home totally um, no matter the no matter you know what it cost yeah um, you know even the lives of potentially you know two, five other people six other people mhm um, realistically i think if it were me i would i would have done it yeah um i, I would have Pulled as many strings as i possibly could to get somebody back home yeah um <clears throat> you know for the greater good and i know it, that that would have lives could have potentially been lost because of that mm-hmm. but you know you're getting that one person back home you know just because yeah that would have been it for them yeah so you know it's not like they're lost on some island on earth yeah or, or some mountain.
0: And there's all these little intricacies, too. Like, yeah, lives could have been lost yeah. in the effort to get him back. But you're talking about the lives of his fellow crew members. Yeah. Who, for them, it was never a discussion. They were never like, do we do this or not? They yeah. were like, let's go get him. Yeah. I think. I, I'm one of, you know. There may have yeah. been a little bit of discussion there. But, you know, they're the ones that are closest to him. So, for them, it's not a stranger. It's their friend. But the fact that it becomes this unifying thing for people on earth totally gives it a whole new dimension. Yeah. And it's weird. I So have you seen the honest trailer for this? <laughs> no, no, it's I haven't. It's really mean. Like I know all the honest trailers are really mean, but one of the things that the honest trailer points out, I forget exactly how they worded it, but they basically say that in this reality, for some reason, NASA is super popular and really, really well respected and right. super well funded, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. which is just not true in right. real life. So it, it would have been, like- been interesting to see them portray NASA as a little bit less successful. Yeah. And then this unification thing, suddenly there's this other element where it's like, oh, now we have to think about this is a PR thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like this could actually raise NASA's profile up. Right. Again. It could have been
2: like it in reality. It would have been like Red Bull funding this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Save Mark Watney, brought to you by Red Bull. <laughs> right <with> you, right. <laughs> oh man,
2: nice. Yeah, it gives him. Hey, it gives him wings. So wow, it does. Right. So there's that. You know. Yeah. I'm still trying to find you that one because that one quote if they even have the message from Wantney to uh Commander Lewis just because I think it it would be great to hear. Um but I can't seem to find it. So,
0: which part of the
2: movie are you It's about? uh it's where he thinks he thinks it's kind of it's he's kind of done. It's where his crops get destroyed. Mhm. Um Oh, here I found it. <laughs> I found it. All right, so this is, this is uh, Soul 186 for those who are paying attention to the movie. Um, after the probe explosion, uh, he he you know he hops in the rover and he's typing this out to Commander Lewis, just to kind of set it up. But he says, Commander Lewis, I need you to do something for me. If I die, I need to check in on my parents. They'll want to hear all about our time here on Mars. I know that sucks, and it'll be hard talking to a couple about their dead son. It's a lot to ask, which is why I'm asking you, which is why I'm asking you, I'm not giving up. We just need to prepare for every outcome. Please tell them, tell them I love what I do and I'm really good at it and that I'm dying for something big and beautiful and greater than me. Tell them I said I can live with that and tell them thank you for being my mom and dad. Hmm. So I think that's probably the closest that you would probably get in the movie or in the book where he, he, you know, he's, there's, he finally kind of, it kind of gives in and he's like, he's like, all right, well, this is has this has to be part of every outcome I think about is my death. Yeah. So to kind of set it up, you know, send Commander Lewis a message about, hey, just let my you know kind of saying his goodbyes, not knowing mm-hmm. if he's gonna make it out of there after one eighty six. so yeah. one eighty six, so
0: Yeah. I like the quote to um the one from when he's talking to his students. Which I think Is it just at the end of the movie, or do they have a bit of it at the beginning, too? I can't remember. But basically, so he says, at some point, everything's going to go south on you, and you're going to say, this is it. This is how I end. Now, you can either accept that, or you can get to work. That's all it is. You just begin. You do the math, you solve one problem, and you solve the next one and the next. And if you solve enough problems, you get to come home. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's a good one, because it's this mindset of not allowing himself to give up, because he could have easily given up to in, in, in letting himself get into that isolation and just gone crazy. Yeah. And that would have been the end of him, you know? Um, but I think you get, you get thrown trial, just every sort of trial and tribulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, out of that comes, uh, you know, you, you kind of get refined. Um, and it kind of, it, it, Makes you a little bit salty, you know, to kind of get through that and and come out of that uh, a different person a more wise person. Yeah, and not to take things advantage for. Not that Mark Watney was or anything, because he he chose to, you know, he was wanted to be an astronaut. He chose to get on that. He was, you know, he made it through and and he was up there. He made it up there with a group of people, very intelligent people, and yeah, um, you know. That's why we have this movie, because of what happened to him. But I think he he never gave up. He was always constantly trying to figure things out, and he actually made it... You know, he hes survived on Mars. So, you know, he got thrown everything at him. Yeah. Um,
0: do you know anything about Andy Weir, the guy that wrote the book? Uh, I do know that he... The only thing... It's not
2: a whole lot. I know that he's engine. He was an engineer. That's what I was wondering. Or he is an engineer, and then s- self-taught. I think. I think he decided to read book on fi- books on physics and and taught himself that. Yeah. So that's why I think. He- so everything that goes into the book and everything that Mark calculates is actually is like legit stuff. Yeah. So like he he researched botany. He researched, ev- you know, everything else. That yeah he tries to figure
0: out i think that's i think that might be the crux of why this movie is so much fun i think it's kind of like a love letter to engineers and problem solvers yeah you know because that's what the whole thing is about like everybody's doing that the whole time yeah you know whether it's mark trying to survive whether it's the guys back at nasa trying to figure out how to get to him whether it's donald glover coming up with the way that they could get there yeah even Jeff Daniels trying to figure out how to run the company and save him at the same time, right. you know, like it's all problem solving and it makes problem solving seem really, really fun yeah. and really, really purposeful, Yeah, which I think is cool. I think that's a good message. Like this is going to sound really strange, but it makes me think of Curious George.
2: Okay. Like so, the movie or the, the show? The or TV show, yeah. The TV show, like, okay. Yeah,
0: so does, yeah. does your daughter watch Curious George at all? Um, Has she, she, had, she,
2: hasn't, she hasn't in a while, but we put okay. it on because she liked, She really liked the movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, my son is four and a half, and he still loves Curious George. It's still one of his favorite things. Yeah. But it's the same thing. Like, the whole mission behind Curious George is to teach kids, um, I think, math, science, and engineering. Like, mm. it's all about problem solving, yeah. you know? And I feel like they did that more on the TV
2: show. Like there yeah. there is one where like the, the street light broke and he's got a ladder up there or he figured out how to get up there and if he made it red then the cars stop and there's like huge yeah. traffic jam and uh-huh. somebody comes and explains that you can't do that and then it actually breaks and then he's the one that's directing traffic. Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah. So I think what we've landed on the ultimate answer to why this movie is so good is the martian is curious george for adults.
2: Yes. <laughs> if yes, if you at, at the end of this episode if you if you're like what were those guys talking about? <laughs> Just that the martian is the curious george for adults. Yeah. So,
0: which if that doesn't make you want to see a movie, I don't know what would. Right. All they needed was
2: a soundtrack done by Jack Johnson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, and man, no, that man. would have given it a whole Though different feel, right. you know. Right? He's sitting there like dipping potatoes in Vicodin, and <laughs> and you hear banana pancakes banana playing Pan- in the background.
2: <laughs> that would have been mean. Oh man, I have to be honest, and I'll be honest on here. Every time he there's that scene where he like he's chomping down on potatoes, like, uh, I always want like just oh, I keep dropping my phone. <laughs> I keep um
0: I, I always want.
2: I only want fries after that.
0: Really? Yeah. See, when I watch that scene, it grosses me out. I'm like, okay, I don't need potatoes for a while. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's because for me, potatoes have to be like really salty or have some sort of good like butter and sour cream or something on them to make them good. So to see him just sitting there like eating just these straight up potatoes, I'm like but Bill eventually runs out of ketchup, right. you know, and then you just bite it in, and then, and then nothing, and it's just like, <laughs> I just biting into a plain old potato.
2: One sounds so, terrible. So they switched that out, um, um, and again, just very little differences, tiny that don't like it doesn't. That's not a big deal. If in the book they they use the coffee reference, right? They he runs out of coffee, and mm. at, after a certain point, he's just drinking. He says he's just drinking hot water. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, again, it's not a big deal. I didn't care if they had, if he ran out of coffee or if he ran out of ketchup, by the way, they're just still showing you that he's running out of, you know, things. Um, yeah, I think the resourcefulness is, is really fun to watch in this movie. Um, yeah, we, so I have, um, I I mean, I told you before I work for an insurance company and they, um, in, on the East coast, we have this entire facility of just these, um, they call themselves, uh, cause we had a tour, but they call themselves the mis- misfit engineers mm. and every single guy in there is an engineer and you walk into their labs and it's just crap piled up. But basically what they do is they take, you know, they try to, they'll try to recreate, um, uh, um, Like if, if there's like something like a product or something went wrong, they'll try to recreate it just to kind of mimic to see how that, how that happened. Yeah. yeah. And so there's stuff everywhere and they basically try to like, they'll rebuild it and then blow it up and then rebuild it. And then, you know, just to kind of every single possible scenario. So that resourcefulness, I wish um, I had a little more of, you know, and that like (coughs) that kind of problem solving that, that'd be fun. I feel like problem solving is just going to be like, when you're in the thick of it, it's like really stressful. Yeah. Obviously for,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I feel like when this movie came out and I feel like since I've talked to a lot of people, if there's a sticky point on this one that makes people not like it, it is the science and it's the engineering and it's, you know, wherever it falls short of being completely accurate which I always hate when people judge movies based on scientific accuracy. It's like, right. come on, just watch a movie. Right. But in we this have, case... We all it's, know Middle Earth actually existed. Right, so. right, yeah. Giant flaming eye. Right. Real. Yeah. But <laughs> it's in this case, I don't know, I, I get frustrated when I hear people criticize this movie because of that. Because it's like, okay, maybe it's not completely accurate, but look at how... Good and entertaining. This makes problem solving yeah. and engineering. You right. know, it's like, I mean, what a great light to have that portrayed in. Right, can't you focus on that? Right, you know. So right. I, I don't know. I think it took more flack than it deserves. But I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's got ninety-one percent critic and ninety-one percent viewers. So yeah, I mean, yeah. They, maybe they... I'm overthinking how much flack it really took.
2: I I think probably more so for the the whole science stuff yeah and people may have just been like eh. and maybe
0: i'm blurring it with interstellar which maybe, i know yeah. took a ton of stuff. <laughs> so, so.
2: yeah but that's just an incredible movie
0: so i know they're just jealous yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah yeah i think i think like the the you know going back and forth the res- resourcefulness and and human ingenuity and everything that we're, we're we're capable of doing given the circumstance i think we we're, we're just we were created so much more with with, with a purpose, to to, um, to be, obviously be on this planet, and there's a reason for it. And so you see, you see all these feats in resourcefulness and human ingenuity that have come out. You know, the plane cars, you know, it just it trains and everything that we have now up to this point. Yeah, right. And I think this is such a great movie that depicts that. You know given the situation and being put into something and there's only one thing we want and that's to survive yeah and if that's all you have going for you then you know more often than not i'm sure you know you'll survive yeah um and i think that that's probably my favorite part of this is his his wanting to not not die on mars and to Get back home and yeah. get back on Earth and be able to breathe without a suit. Yeah. You
0: know? Totally. So. To see another human face. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I mean, it certainly leaves you feeling good. I mean, you get to go through all of the tension and all of the suspense and all of the action and everything, but you get to come out of it feeling good. Yeah. Which you don't get from a lot of movies nowadays, so it's kind of nice to have that. Right. You know? It's nice to win in yeah. the end. So anything else you wanna throw out there about your number six favorite sci fi movie of all time?
2: Um not that I can not anything else that I can think of. We kinda I mean we we talked about favorite characters. Uh
0: huh. Um It's hard to go beyond Watney himself in this right. movie because his character is so good.
2: Right. Right, it is. I mean, you have key players in it, but not all of them really. They experience things from the outside, if you will. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't. They weren't as actually. They weren't there. They were just kind of helping him through things. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it was just primarily Watney. So
2: I don't. I I don't think there. I have anything else.
0: I think you know, as you're talking about characters, I think the other character that I really liked a lot. Um. Which I think surprised me a little bit because I don't think they set this guy up as someone who's supposed to be your favorite, but is uh, Jeff Daniels' character, yes, who is uh, the director of NASA, Teddy Sanders, yes. So I just I I really like kind of his arc, you know, like as he kind of like drifts over to the side of thinking more about managing NASA and what's in NASA's best interests, and then being willing to take some risks and. Sacrifice things to save Mark. Yeah, it's just a cool little journey to see. Sean Bean is in this movie. We yes. totally left that out,
2: and he didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs> or wield a sword.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> but there is that one back and forth that they do when they uh, when uh, Donald Glover's uh, character comes in and they uh, they they name it Pernell's um, idea, Project Elrond. Uh huh. And so yeah. it's fun to see that with him in there.
0: And by the way, it's Benedict Wong, not B.D. Wong. Benedict Wong. I get them confused. So Benedict Wong is the guy that's in this movie. B.D. Wong is the the scientist from Jurassic Park. Oh, so that's right. That, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, you'd be funny in this one. I, just because they have similar names, I get them mixed up. Um, oh, and I said earlier, I said Sebastian Shaw. That's not correct. It's Sebastian Stan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Sebastian Shaw is. <laughs> It's not what I meant to say. Sorry, Sebastian. You're the Winter Soldier. I love you. You're awesome. (laughs) But I feel like this movie is the closest we've gotten yet to seeing Matt Damon play a superhero. Yes. Even more so than the Jason Bourne films because, you know, there's more hope and there's more optimism in this one. I watched this movie and I'm like, dude, he's got to play a Marvel character at some point. He just needs do, you think to. do you think he'll go marvel or dc i don't know because of, of old benny boy i don't know i've i've looked it up before and i've read about it and benny boy interestingly i I've, from what i've heard i think the closest matt damon has gotten to playing a superhero actually was daredevil which ultimately obviously went to matt to ben affleck instead did i say ben affleck and not matt damon
2: no, I was just thinking. Their names I was are I was pictur- at this point. I was picturing the movie with Matt Damon in it. It would work. It would definitely work. Yeah. It would have. It would have been better than, than uh, to see Matt Damon as Matt Murdock. Yeah. Huh. That would be fun. He
0: might have been a little too confident, though. I don't know. I just i. I think about Matt Murdoch nowadays and I just think about Charlie, Charlie Cox. Cox yeah. And oh, yeah. and he's so good because he's he's confident, but he's also constantly second guessing himself and you can see that he's struggling and trying to figure this out as he yeah. goes. And I think that's what makes his character so interesting.
2: Yeah. My favorite part is when he's like trying to listen, like he's like listening. Yeah. He's just like
0: Yeah. You can't see what I'm doing, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know who Matt Damon could play, but I want him to play somebody. I could see him as Captain America. I think that could have worked out pretty well. But ooh. I also really love Chris Evans in that role, so I'm certainly not wishing for things to be any different. But <laughs> I just, I just really like Matt Damon, and I really like superhero movies. And well, I think that's good. Elvis, thanks for coming back, man.
2: Thanks for inviting me again. Yeah, appreciate
0: it. One of these days we'll talk about something other than sci-fi movies starring Matt Damon. But uh, I'm glad we did this one. I like this movie a lot. And I think it I think it is a geek movie. I think it fits well within our genre. So, thanks for being here. Thanks
1: That is it for today's podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe. And if you have an extra minute, write us a review or share this episode with one of your geek friends. All right, fellow geeks. As always, question everything in your favorite stories and always seek the truth. We'll catch you on the next podcast.